Hi, welcome to Bookie, which unlock big ideas from world's bestsellers in audio, text, and mind map. Please download Bookie at Apple Store or Google Play with more features, get your free mind snack now. Today we will unlock the book cut, the inside story of our body's most underrated organ. In recent years, due to a fast-paced and stressful lifestyle, people's lives are being threatened by various illnesses such as skin diseases, high blood pressure, stroke, depression, diabetes, and so on. It is a common practice for people to treat their diseases without addressing the root cause. But this often backfires. Many patients with increasingly severe symptoms are caught in a dilemma where they even begin to doubt modern medicine. When people are struggling to grapple the causes of illnesses, this book keeps us on track. It points out right away that our intestinal problems may cause those seemingly unrelated illnesses we just mentioned and other severe diseases like colorectal cancer. Usually, the gut isn't well liked. People generally think of it as a place that is responsible for eating, drinking, pooping, peeing, and farting. Yet the author points out that it is a super-organ underrated due to its geographic location. It is both proud and temperamental, it can both sustain and take lives, it can boost the brain's capacity and productivity but also make people manic-depressive. It is no exaggeration to say that a slight movement in the gut can affect the whole body. The author of this book Julia Enders, a doctor of medicine works at the Institute for Microbiology in Frankfurt. In 2012, her speech Charming Bowls won first prize at the Science Slam in Berlin and went viral on YouTube. The book got the inside story of our body's most underrated organ perfected on the basis of her speech, broke the record for sales of health science books in Germany and became the bestseller of the year. Enders was born by caesarean section and suffered from lactose intolerance as a child. By age 17, she had skin sores all over her body, but all the physicians could provide were vague diagnoses. This forced her to seek self-medication. From personal experience, she proved that many illnesses stem from intestinal problems. She also cured lactose intolerance and skin diseases by taking care of her gut. With this book, she wants to remind us of the following facts, only by understanding the way the gut works, feeling its temper, valuing, loving, and caring for the organ, can we prevent diseases and maintain our health. In this bookie, we'll explain the book in three parts. Part 1, Why the Gut is Vital to Our Body. Part 2, The Damage to Your Body Resulting from Ignoring the Gut. Part 3, How to Take Care of Our Gut to Keep Our Body and Mind Healthy. We have the impression that the brain sits at the top of our body thinking and creating, while the gut is forever geographically located below the brain and seems to be only associated with toilets and excretion. In fact, the ability of the gut is comparable to that of the brain. Do you know that all the organs of our body consume energy, and only the gut can replenish our energy? As a component of the digestive system, the gut can help us absorb nutrients to stay alive. In this process, the gut can function independently of the brain. It is true that our brain is the commander-in-chief of the body, and if a part of the body is disconnected from the brain, it won't function properly. However, the gut is an exception. Even when the connection between the gut nerves and the brain is severed, all digestive activity can still proceed normally. It gathers information, makes decisions, issues, and strictly enforces commands. 
The digestive process is a perfect collaboration between the gut nerves and muscle groups. Now let's follow a piece of cake on its journey through the gut to get a glimpse into the digestive drama playing out in our body every day. First, when the cake enters the mouth, our teeth will grind it until it's mushy enough to be swallowed, supported by saliva. If we compare the cake's journey in our body to a stage show, the tongue and the throat are stage managers. The tongue oversees the actors and pushing the mushy cake down the throat, while the throat is responsible for directing the actors to the stage and preventing the cake mush from entering the nasal cavity by mistake. When the cake mush enters the esophagus, the organ will stretch and open wherever the cake goes. Once it passes, the esophagus will contract and close again. This blocks the food from going backwards and makes it only go in one direction, a process that still goes on even when the body is upside down. When food passes through the first third of the esophagus, we can still feel it, after which it enters the body, a world beyond our physical senses. The cake mush goes down the esophagus into the stomach. The stomach pouch is like a small money bag, it will take everything you throw at it. Upon its arrival, the cake mush hits the stomach wall and bounces back like a squash ball. This activity can generate a lot of noise, which is known as stomach growling or rumbling after one has a meal. It takes almost two hours of stomach peristalsis to grind the cake mush into small particles less than 0.2 mm in diameter, whereupon they are pushed into the small intestine, the first part of the gut. The small intestine is buzzing with activity. From this point on, the truly best part of the digestion begins. The small intestine has many folds and numerous tiny finger-like projections called villi. If you unfolded all of them, they would span across a surface area of approximately 200 square meters. The digestion of the cake in the small intestine depends on these villi. During the process, the nerve cells in the small intestine sends out tiny bioelectric pulses to guide the movement of the small intestine, acting like a DJ in a club while the muscle responds to the signals like clubbers on the dance floor. During the movement, some cake mush is broken down into nutrients that enter the bloodstream through the walls of the small intestine. The mush that cannot be absorbed swings rhythmically forward. Subsequently, the gut will enter a clean-up phase. The scientific term for this is migrating motor complex or MMC. When scientists observe the intense work of the MMC under the microscope, they jokingly compare it to a competent housekeeper. This housekeeper with its affection for cleanliness will clean up kitchen waste as soon as the small intestine is done digesting. But if you can't resist eating popcorn after the housekeeper's appearance, he will have to stop to let the small intestine carry on with the digestion. That is why it is essential to control food intake between meals, this can reduce kitchen waste and ease the housekeeper's burden. The residues that the small intestine fails to digest enter the large intestine which likes neither noises nor a fast work pace. In the large intestine, residual food relies on gut flora for digestion and absorption. Nutrients such as calcium, fatty acids, vitamin K, thiamine, vitamin B1, riboflavin, vitamin B2, and vitamin B12 are further absorbed in this organ. Water is also recycled here and directed into the body. The final meter of the large intestine is responsible for the precise regulation of the water and salt balance in the body. Because of this, our stool is always salty. After the final balancing act between salt and water, 
The salty stool comes fresh out of the large intestine. The digestion of a piece of cake can last 8 to 42 hours before exiting the large intestine, at which point the digestive drama comes to an end. Listening to this, you must be amazed at our gut. It is a precise high-tech instrument that digests and absorbs nutrients to feed our body and sustain the daily energy consumption through a series of complex movements. This is the gut's first set of configurations, the digestive function. Next, let's look at the gut's second set of configurations, the mysterious gut flora. Before going into detail, let's look at some natural phenomena. A special kind of bird is often found around crocodiles in the tropical lowlands. It is called crocodile bird who lives by pecking at parasites and remnants of food stuck between a crocodile's teeth. It also alerts crocodiles to danger. To the crocodile, the bird is its cleaner and sentry. To the bird, the crocodile is its food source but also shields it from predators. Their relationship can be described as symbiotic, mutually beneficial, interdependent and coexistent. Neither can survive if they are separated from each other. A similar relationship exists in our body, we are having a symbiotic and interdependent relationship with microbes. We have also covered this in our bookie on the book I contain multitudes, the microbes within us and a grander view of life. You may not know that only 10% of our cells are human cells, that the remaining 90% are microbial cells. And 99% of these microbes can be found in the gut. They are the trump card of the gut, the gut flora. We are so interdependent on each other that we can't live without our gut flora. Scientists once conducted an experiment with bacteria-free laboratory mice. These mice have no flora in their gut, so they behave strangely and fall sick easily. But when injected with other normal mice's gut flora, their immune system is activated. As their immune system is beefed up, they behave just like normal mice. Therefore, the gut flora is crucial for symbiotic organisms. Even more amazingly, Dr. Enders points out that everyone has a flora different from others. Much like fingerprints, we can even identify any specific person by flora comparisons. The way we live, the people we meet, the diseases we have and so forth collectively determine the collection of flora in our gut. For example, a baby born vaginally has a different gut flora than one born by caesarean. During a vaginal birth, the mother's flora migrates through the birth canal to the baby. But instead of getting the vaginal flora from the mother, the baby born by caesarean is exposed to various floras in the environment, such as that on the nurse's hands, flora on flowers in maternity wards, and so on. Another example is bacteroides. They prefer meat and saturated fatty acids which can often be found in meat lovers' gut. In contrast, vegetarians have more prevotella in their gut. After one turning three years old, our gut flora is pretty much in its final form, while the gut flora of adults determines their physique or what diseases they are prone to. For instance, the gut of overweight people is less diverse. Instead, it is dominated by bacteria that metabolize carbohydrates. In the 1970s, American researchers discovered that the African Maasai warriors who ate only meat and drank a lot of milk had very low cholesterol levels. At first, the scientists assumed that the milk they drank contained a mysterious substance that might lower cholesterol levels. However, experiments proved them wrong. It took a few decades before they realized that it was the bacteria that made the difference. 
In a 2011 experiment, a group of scientists asked 114 Canadians to drink yogurt containing a certain type of bacteria twice a day for six weeks. It turned out that the levels of bad low-density lipoprotein LDL cholesterol in those people dropped significantly. It can be inferred that the type of flora in our body has a significant bearing on our health status. Furthermore, the gut flora feeds on the food we ingest. Their growth is dependent on our ingested food. When we are eating more foods favored by good bacteria, the good bacteria grow and seize more territory in their fight with the bad ones. The functions of the bacteria in turn affect our bodies. As such, the relationship between gut flora and the human body is bidirectional. In addition to its special digestive function and mysterious gut flora, the gut's third set of configurations is its nervous system, which has the ability to interact with the brain and influence how it works. The gut is the largest sensory organ in the human body. It is filled with a neural network that can communicate directly with the brain through the vagus nerve to keep our brain apprised of the situation. Likewise, the brain also issues commands or conveys messages to the gut. When the gut is healthy, the brain will function properly and vice versa, if one of them is unhealthy, the other will also slack off. It is safe to say that the gut and the brain are positively and bidirectionally correlated. Scientists once carried out a series of experiments with swimming mice. In the experiments, they put mice into deep pools of water where the mice had to keep paddling if they wanted to get ashore. The studies showed that while paddling, the mice with their gut taken care of had significantly lower stress parameters, higher motivation and persistence to paddle. They were also significantly better than mice in the control group on tests of memory and learning ability. This is how a healthy gut positively affects the brain. If there is a problem with the gut, the functioning of the brain will be adversely affected. Conversely, if a person is under stress or in a precarious emotional state, the gut function can also be affected. Alright, that concludes the first part of our bookie on why the gut is vital to our body. The gut has three sets of configurations. First, as part of the digestive system to sustain human survival. Second, the gut flora has a symbiotic and bidirectional relationship with humans, who in turn cannot live a normal life without the gut flora. Third, through the vagus nerve, the gut can communicate directly with the brain, and both are positively and bidirectionally correlated, standing together through thick and thin. That explains why the gut is very important to our health. If you ignore or go against the rules of the gut, the organ will throw a tantrum, create problems, and some illnesses will be knocking on your door in no time. Today we are just sharing limited content. To unlock more key insights of world-class bestseller please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play. Get your free mind snack now. Dir hat dieser Podcast gefallen? Dann klicke jetzt auf Abonnieren und empfehle ihn weiter. Bleib immer auf dem Laufenden und folge uns bei Twitter, Instagram und Facebook. Mehr Podcasts findest du auf meinpodcast.de.